As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Jack from the Horrible Movie Podcast. Each week, producer Phil, a guest, and I watch a horrible theater-released movie. We record our conversation, and then we tear that movie to shreds. We keep it family-friendly, so gather the family around the old smartphone, laptop, or tablet and join in on the fun. Just like all the great Studio DNA podcasts, find the Horrible Movie Podcast at Spreaker.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and everywhere podcasts can be found. Remember, just because it's from Hollywood doesn't mean it isn't horrible. SIFPOP Podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that has suddenly decided to drop our investigative series into a famous serial killer, it's SIFPOP. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Sip Pop streaming live on Spreaker every Saturday afternoon or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Woo! I'm Aaron Dicer from yourmoviefriend.com. He is Andrew Ormsby from Flick Freaks. Ahoy! And each week we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. How you doing, Mr. Andrew? Hello, Govna. I'm doing good. Um, It was a little bit freaky to me. Yeah. In this movie, I don't think this is too much of a spoiler, but there's a you know there's a podcast that's talking about Michael Myers, right? Yeah, I'm a podcaster. You're a podcaster. We're right? not investigative journalists. Was podcasters. I wrong? In, was I wrong though in hearing that that podcaster's name was Aaron? Was I? Was that? I mean, we can look it up in the cast list. Now, if her name was Andrew, then it would be really <laughs> creepy. No, but her name was like close to Danae, who used to be on this podcast, I think. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I know Danae used to be on this podcast, but I'm saying her name, I think, was close to Danae. So it was a little weird that it was like podcasters named like Aaron and Denise or something. His name was Aaron. Her name was Dana. Dana! Aaron yeah. and Dana doing a podcast. What is this? <laughs> I'm a little bit freaked out. I'm just saying. All right. Do you ever... I don't think you guys leave the bunker, though, so no, you're safe. No, and we're never again leaving the bunker. Yeah. Not after this movie. <laughs> um, I, before we get into everything else we got going on today, uh, which very excited about, um, I did want to say we got a message from Chris Breckenridge, our other winner of the Summer Sum game. Hey! Here's what I didn't realize. Yeah. He won last summer, too. What? He's won two years in a row for the non-guru uh, winner for the Summer Sum game, wow. and he tied both years. Um, but he did have a shout out. He wanted to, and this is so sweet. You ready for this? Oh yeah. Shout out to Malia, the best girlfriend and movie watching companion a guy could ask for. Thank you for all that you do and for making me completely and perfectly and incandescently happy. Wow. So there, there's the shout out, Chris. Uh, we wish you and Malia the best and congratulations on winning again. Yeah. I guess if you want to know how to play the summer sum game, yeah, go find Chris Breckenridge. Mm. Dude's got it on lock. Uh, all right, so I'm excited. We're going to do all the usual stuff we do. Of course, we'll have our buried treasure at the end. We'll have a sift quest that you've sent us on. 
Um, and we're going to do best ever horror movies for non-horror fans. Yeah, since which neither was one a of us fun list. Neither one of us is a horror fan, right? Yeah. So I think that'll be a good list for us to kind of get out there. Um, so we'll do that, and of course we'll talk about the new Halloween. But first, we'll kick it off with some Do We Care. Every single week I scour the internet to find out what is going on in the entertainment world. I pick three topics for us to discuss, and we must decide whether or not we care about them or not. Number one, Wonder Woman has been moved to 2020. What is going on Kill at DC? DCEU. <laughs> now, there are three DC movies coming out in 2019. They're so. not necessarily connected, right? Like, you've got the, the Joaquin Phoenix. The Joker's not connected. Not connected. The Kitchen's not connected. I think Shazam is the only one that's actually in the DCEU. So. Is Shazam supposed to be in the DCEU? Should be. Oh, interesting. Shazam is a part of the Justice League. Well, so. you th- but like, you think there'll be other characters from the other movies in there or references even? I think it could possibly be kind of like what Wonder Woman was, even though you know it, it took place in the past, so it was before Batman and Superman. Yeah. Even though she'd already cemented herself in that universe. Right. But I think it was a standalone movie, so possibly Shazam will be a standalone movie. Yeah, Batman is kind of in that movie, like at the like through a letter, <laughs> um, you know, at the beginning. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, but you you get my point. It, so it might be. I don't know. I just I guess I didn't think they were going to try to connect that at all. It seems pointless at this point to try to connect anything together yeah. anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's like, the DC unconnected universe. Yeah, just flashpoint the whole thing and start over. You know, do it. But uh. Yeah, so... We just have to wait a little bit longer for the next Wonder Woman. Do you think that the reason why they're pushing all this back is because of all this just backlash that they're getting on how bad these movies are? I think this was a release date choice. Uh, I think the movie is probably ready enough. Uh, I just think they are looking at what they're up against and trying to find a better place for it. That's that's my guess. And I don't even know the specifics behind that. Mm-hmm. But usually when you see something like this, it has a lot to do with that. Unless it's James Cameron, in which case he just wants the technology to catch up with his vision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it doesn't bother me too much. There's plenty of good... I mean, there's plenty of movies that I think might be good or hope will be good coming out between then and now. So okay, I'm not worried about it too much. All right. Number two. James Mangold's Boba Fett film has been officially sarlacked instead of <laughs> sacked. Uh, but fear not, because we still have Favreau's The Mandalorian coming on its way to Disney TV. Yeah, that's TV a thing. show. Yep. Even yeah. though that's the man, it's not going to be Boba Fett or Jango Fett. Right. It's you know it's going to be its own thing. But it honestly, I love Boba Fett. It doesn't matter who it is. It's just that outfit that's so cool. As it's long iconic. as it, it's that outfit, and if that person's a bounty hunter, we're good. <laughs> I don't think my understand. Okay, so I'm I'm going to admit my ignorance uh, on like meta universe stuff with Star Wars. You, I'm I'm pretty much just a movie guy, right? Like I haven't read any of the books or the expanded materials, that kind of stuff. I'm vaguely aware through some podcasts that I listen to. But Mandalorian is Boba Fett is not a Mandalorian, right? No. He but he kind of comes from there. Mm-hmm. Is that what I'm understanding? Uh, the Mandal the Mandalorians have that suit, you know. They're like okay. Uh, so that's Mandalorian gear, even yeah. though technically he is not one. Are they? It's do they really, look like humans? Are many Mandalorians look like humans, or do they look more alien? I'm not gonna lie; it's been a hot minute since I've seen. I, yeah, I really don't know all that in, stuff. It's in the show, the animated show. Yes, but I always, I still get confused with that stuff too. Yeah. Because my mind here's here's a little clue into how my mind works. I like the overall story stuff, mm-hmm. but the details sometimes slip by my brain because I'm not as concerned. <laughs> like what this race is called doesn't yeah. mean anything to whether or not I'm emotionally connecting to them. And so I sometimes those details of what things are called and what races yeah. are what kind of slip by me. I think Mandalorian is more like a society of warriors as opposed to like an actual race of beings. Okay. Uh, again, all my knowledge of like Boba Fett and Jango Fett and all that stuff, that's all pre-Clone Wars. The Mandalorian is taking place in between Return of the Jedi and whenever... Um, yeah. What, what are they called now? The uh, It's not the Empire. They're now like... Uh, the first order. The first order. Yeah, yeah. So it takes place in between, like that transition period of, you know, first order taking over. So, uh, I don't know if anything has changed in that timeline because that is a huge gap in time right there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'd have to look it up. I wish I would have 
come better prepared I, for that right there. I'm I'm excited for whatever Star Wars wants to put out. I will see it. Especially I will judge Favreau it on its own. Doing something. Yeah, yeah, I do love John Favreau, so I yeah, I'm good. I'm good with that. Um as far as James Mangold not doing the the Boba Fett movie. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean like again, it's I'm so wait and see. Sometimes that stuff just kind of it's water off off my back. Mm-hmm. So, number now, 3. In honor of Halloween this week, LeBron James has said he's going to produce a reboot of Friday the 13th. Yeah, I, I did hear that. Yeah. What a what a weird connection. I know. LeBron James doing a Friday the 13th reboot. I guess since he moved to L.A., he's, you know, getting his Hollywood on. Well, I know he's doing the Space Jam thing. Yeah. You know, trying to get that all up and running. Looks like it is. With Ryan Coogler, I think. Like him and yeah. he's producing it. Yeah, I think so. It. Yeah. But, yeah, so now he's also doing Friday the 13th. Man, he's just got... Uh, a lot of uh, what is it? It's not fingers and uh, like pots. What what's the saying? You know, like you're doing a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're. I think you're right. You got your hands in a lot of something. Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever it is, LeBron's he, he's got making, it. He's making things. Yeah, he's making a lot of pies. Yeah, S- sticking a lot of pies in a lot of ovens. Yeah, <laughs> is that the phrase? The the great LeBron Bake Off. Yeah. Oh, that'd be fun. Instead yeah. of the Great British Bake Off. Hmm. Nice. It's just a whole bunch of seven-foot-tall NBA players trying to bake for the first time. Uh, not to give anything away towards our Halloween review, which we will get to very shortly, but do you think a a remake of Friday the 13th can work? Sure. <laughs> That's my answer. That's how I answer everything. <laughs> sure. It's like, sure, just show me the movie. I'll tell you if it works or not. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's the thing. It could be great, and it could be terrible. It yeah. could be really bad. I, I don't know if I trust LeBron James' producing instincts yet, because we haven't seen anything Correct from this produ- production company. I said production company, because that makes a lot of sense with LeBron. It's, it's the LeBron production company. Uh, that's what it needs man. to be called. Uh-huh. Forget, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't the producer just throwing money at a project, and it's not no, really not necessarily? I was somebody was talking about the difference between just a producer and an executive producer and those kind of things. But um, one of them actually does have their hands in in the process. Producers will give notes. You'll hear about producers' notes and those kind of things. And oftentimes, unless it's a really famous director, they have final cut. Like they have the decision on, the, you know, what decisions yeah. are being made with how the movie is being put together. And well, that's stuff, why so. you always hear about director's cuts and stuff. Yeah, like. yeah, exactly. So, no, producers have have a little bit of say. Okay. So it'll be interesting to say, and and even beyond the actual editing of the film, they have a lot to say about who's making it, how it's put together, what the process is. So I know I think, and I think J.J. Abrams is is a good example of this. You know, like when somebody has a production company and they are you know, producing a lot of things, you learn to either trust them or not trust them based on kind of a lot of that output. So, um, so yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see. Well, I think in J.J. Abrams, uh, in his case, you know, you see somebody who has shown a knowledge and talent in making movies. Right. Whereas LeBron James, I think, would best be served as, you know... A beneficiary or a, a benefactor, I guess I should say. Yeah, he's not. He's giving, not right. As opposed, to, you know, like a creative. Who, who am I to judge? Because whenever somebody told me uh, Jordan Peele was going to make a horror movie, I was like, okay, yeah, sure. But yeah, <laughs> so people who I wouldn't, ex- uh, I would not put in certain, you know, genres or you know, be surprised by their knowledge or passion. About certain things, I don't want to. I don't want to rule him out. But. No, no, I, I understand. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to prejudge, but yeah. um, but I have the same same uh, qualms issues as well. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see what he puts out, what it's like, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, as, as there's, as there's he... no way playing basketball prepares you, you know, for Hollywood. So it's yeah. a totally different animal. Yeah. Well, um, let's go wrap it up for Do We Care. All right. Well, let's get on to our review of the new Halloween. We're here to investigate a patient that killed three innocent teenagers on a Halloween in 1978. He was shot by his own psychiatrist and taken into custody that night. And has spent the last 40 years in captivity. 
It's been 40 years since Laurie Strode survived a vicious attack from crazed killer Michael Myers on Halloween night. Locked up in an institution, Myers manages to escape when his bus transfer goes horribly wrong. Laurie now faces a terrifying showdown when the masked madman returns to Haddonfield, Illinois. But this time, she's ready for him. Uh, we're going to look at Halloween 2018, which discards uh, all of the sequels. It retcons every single sequel. Yeah, it completely says those don't exist. Uh, we're just saying there was one Halloween movie in 1978, and this is a direct sequel to that movie 40 years later. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think? Uh, like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Uh, preface, again, you and I, not horror fans. Not horror fans. So uh, I'm just going to say it was okay. I hated it. You hated it? Yeah. <laughs> I am not looking... Like, okay, listen. I look forward to all of our podcasts. I love recording them. I love talking yeah. about this stuff. I do not look forward to this segment of this podcast today yeah. because I know it has to do with me. Yeah. Can I just admit that up front? Like, I get this is an Aaron thing. Yeah. I am not saying if you like this movie that you're stupid, that you're, you know, that you don't get it or you don't. I'm saying I don't get it. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. understand what I'm trying to? I'm, I want to preface this by saying I'm going to say a lot of things about why I think this movie is awful that are not going to connect with you if you're a horror fan. I, let's say let's start right there. Horror fans are loving this movie. And I get that. Yeah. Because it is an 80 slasher movie in 2018. Yeah. It is not pretending to be anything else. That's what it is. And that's why I'm... There's a couple things why I'm pushing it up to okay. Like, I don't like the movie because it's a horror movie, and mm-hmm. but the things that it's going for, I have to give it credit for. And the reason I say I hate it... And by the way, I, if there's a high side I hated it, I'm there. I would almost even say didn't like... I probably should say I extremely didn't like it. That's probably... <laughs> Where I should land, but for dramatic reasons, sure. I like locking it into that hated, you know, hated thing just because I think that better. Because I was getting angry watching this one. I'm like, why am I here? This is so dumb. This is so like you know that thing that happens when you don't like a movie and it's just like everything about that movie is geared towards somebody who isn't you. And then there's that extra thing where it's like, I hey, people are gonna love this, and I'm gonna have to tell them I don't like it, and I don't want to be the guy doing that. Mm. Like that's not what I get excited about. I get excited about telling you about movies I love that you haven't heard of. I don't get excited about telling you about movies I really don't like that you actually think are good. Like that doesn't that doesn't excite me at all. You don't so. like saying you're wrong. No, I don't. Um because let, technically but, you're not. No, I'm not, but but I I enjoy more disagreeing with people when I'm champion championing something mm-hmm. than when I'm tearing it down. Yeah. And I I really did not have a good experience with this at all. But there are some things like you mentioned that are good about this movie that probably should keep me out of the hated it category. Uh, one yeah. of them is Jamie Lee Curtis. She's really good here. Oh, yeah. I think she gives a good performance for what it is. Um, it's obvious the material has impacted her life in such a huge way and that this there's a catharsis here. Well, yeah, she's the scream queen. Mm-hmm. So... Um, so you can, you can sense that you can sense that she's, she's into it. Um, Judy Greer, right. Is, is one of the, I think she's great in this. Mm -hmm. I, you know, the performances seem great. Technically it's a better made movie than most 80s slasher films. That's what I want to start on. I think that there is actually some really cool cinematography here. Did you notice all the extreme long shots in this movie? Yes. But that, but that also is an homage and tribute to the original Halloween as well, which people forget. So in my mind, I think of slasher flicks as being like Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th. Those yeah. movies were not cinematically creative. Yeah. Um, for the most part. I don't, I don't mean to generalize, but, they, you know, they were just kind of horror schlock kind of, you know, idea. And they didn't care. That's what they were. That's what they wanted to be. Yeah. Ho- the original Halloween actually, I think, was, was created very uh, cinematically. Yeah. You know, and so a lot of those shots that you're seeing in this one are an homage to those long shots in the first one and the creative ways that, um, you know, Michael Myers might show up in the background or be kind of haunting the frame here or there. That was um, that's the best part. I get that stuff, you know. Yeah, what you were saying, like seeing him in the background and stuff, like whenever he's not even the main focus, but you see him happening, you don't see that that often in horror movies nowadays. Yeah. I, you kind of get a little bit of it in the new it movie you know or mm-hmm. i shouldn't say the new the newer it movie right but um it's it's not used to its potential because 
it's such a cool and unique way of storytelling. Yeah. And I miss it. I think it needs to come back in a I, big way. I, I do think there there is technically uh, a level of what they're doing that is beyond what most horror films, even today, put effort into, right? Mm-hmm. So I do think that's worth mentioning. The other thing is um, there are, in, in again, it's just a couple moments for me, but it's worth mentioning. There are a couple moments where this movie flips things on its head in an interesting way. Uh, from the original that I can't talk about till spoilers uh, that I found clever, but it was just a couple moments for most of this movie. I didn't find anything clever. I didn't find anything interesting, but there were, I, I, I remember two moments and maybe there were more, maybe I just didn't catch them cause I'm not a huge fan of the original movie. Okay. Um, but there were at least two mummies moments that paid homage to the there first, were no mummies there were no mummies, but there no. were a couple mummies uh, that paid homage to the, the original way that I thought was clever. So I'll talk yeah. about those in spoilers, but, um, but yeah, it was too far and few or few and far between for me to, yeah. to, you know, have a good time at uh, this movie. Another thing I liked about the movie is the fact that the soundtrack and the score of this movie is obviously so 80s, you know, synth and all that stuff. And it's iconic, you know. It is an iconic piano kind of mm-hmm. thing going on there. But I think that the combination of that, you know, that retro 80s horror movie element with a modern style of storytelling didn't, like... Because it's, it's two different styles of movie, but they combine them in a way that actually didn't seem like it was, you know, like, okay, that's so 80s, or okay, yeah, that's modern horror, you know. Right. It seemed a, a fair amount of both to where it actually worked. Yeah. I mean... I think I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I, I really don't have much other good to say about this. Did you have anything else you wanted to mention before I start trying to express my opinion about why this was such an awful experience for me. I'm going to agree with everything you say. I just want you to know (laughs) that right now. Well, I don't know that you for sure will. Probably the broad stuff, I'll just start here. The reason I don't get horror is I don't understand, A, the desire to feel that way, like to feel like you're being scared. Yeah. B, the desire to see gore, like gore violence, never appealed to me. I don't understand it. I don't like... When somebody will talk about, oh, did you see the kill in this movie? I'm just like, I, that seems sick to me. And again, yeah. I, I'm trying. I'm not. I'm not trying to judge any particular person. You're I'm stating saying, your own I'm case. I'm stating, yeah, what's inside me. Um, so there is that is what this movie is. It is a it is a classic slasher film with a bad guy who is you know uh, pursuing. I mean, they say he's the embodiment of pure evil. Yeah, trying to kill as many people in gruesome ways and that's that's what's supposed to i think affect us and keep us in this movie and what happens when i watch a horror movie especially one like this and this isn't true of all of them um but what happens when i watch one like this is i just get bored i'm just like i don't i'm not scared i i know it's a movie you know i'm an i'm an adult who understands you know that i'm sitting in a movie theater and I'm not scared by uh, this unknown faceless killer. That's probably, and I guess I'll move into another negative. I'm sorry, I'm going to rant here just a little bit, Go but I'll move it. into a second negative, which is I think Michael Myers is the most boring horror villain of all time. <laughs> he does nothing. I don't. I don't get why he's scary. He he just walks and stabs you with a knife. Like he's less. Well, he's less intimidating than a zombie. Like I, I just. And you never see his face. You don't know any kind of emotion that's happening in him. So there's nothing to connect to on that level. I guess what's supposed to be scary is that he's emotionless. Yeah. And But he's always wearing a mask. In this movie, even when it had a chance to show his face and kind of let you connect to a human being, believe me, a villain and a killer and a an emotionless killer is so much scarier when it's a human than when it is a costume. You know, in the uh, credits of every single movie, he's never referred to as Michael Myers. In no, the, I didn't know that. He's always referred to as the shape in the credits well, of the movies. Well, that, that is exact. Uh, he is just a shape. Yeah. Just a, a blob of nothingness on the screen that I have no connection to, no reason to fear, no reason to understand, I, no reason to think is interesting. What? He's strong? Like, I got that a couple times. He can, yeah. you can kick the back of a police cruiser over? Okay. So he's strong. But what... I, you know what I mean? Like I just, I don't know what I'm supposed to 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 be interested in, to care about. To it just all feels so hollow to me. 
I wonder if William Shatner ever gets any royalties for the Halloween movies. <laughs> for the mask? Yeah. It, it looks so little like him, but yeah. That's I know, what it is. I know. <laughs> it was a Shatner mask back in the day. Uh-huh. Um, no, I, I have no idea. What did, what did you want to talk about? Anything you want to bring up? I hate to rant the whole time no, about I'm, why I'm, it doesn't appeal to me. It's a boring movie for me. I, for that's us. what I'm saying. It's boring. Yeah, there's nothing here. All you're waiting for is... Uh, you, okay, he's in prison, so you ha- you're waiting for him to break out. Sure, and then you're waiting for the ending. Yeah, so that's what you're waiting for. For us, for right. us, for the horror fans out there, they're waiting to see like, oh, how's he gonna kill this person? Like, I think I'm assuming this is how it works for horror fans. You're introduced to a s- group of characters. You're you're trying to decide. Who's going to live? Who's going to die? Okay. And then I'm assuming they're always like, okay, this person's obviously going to die. How are they going to die? I don't care about how. Yeah. But I I don't find that interesting. I think they get an adrenaline rush from, you know, like the fear of like uh, watching something horrific Mm -hmm. like that. And the adrenaline rush is like what gets them going and stuff. But Mm it doesn't do it for me. No, I, I don't find it interesting in the slightest. Um, so yeah, because there's no story here. Yeah, the, it's so basic, and it's in there's no thematic. Okay, here's what I'll hear horror people say a lot about different horror movies that they like, and Halloween in particular is that it's about trauma. It's about fighting your demons, right? So like Michael Myers represents what it is in your life that seems to pursue you, and you can't get rid of, and then you know it'll never go away, and and it, you know, and the the violence is just how how uh, gruesome that feels in your life, and that kind of thing. That's fine. I get that metaphor. I understand that you can put contextualize it that way, but that's still very basic. And that's you still, can have a better story, right? When I'm saying that's still every single horror movie. Like you don't keep giving me that line time after time. Do something new. Do yeah. something interesting. I I think First Man is a much better story about going through trauma and what that feels like, and uses uses the space journey. To be that metaphor for yeah. what it's like to go through trauma in your life. That's interesting to me. That's clever. This is just, it just all feels so uninteresting and basic to me uh, that I just don't know what I'm supposed to connect to. So that's what kind of, that shades everything for me, you know? Like, yeah. there's just, there's there's nothing for me to be interested in or, or connect to. So, again, just restate it again because I don't want you to hate me. <laughs> If you like horror movies, you're probably going to love it. I mean, it's a nostalgia, right? Yeah. If you have a nostalgia for this kind of stuff, I think it's going to connect to you in that way. Um, but for me, it's nostalgia for something I don't think is worth ne- being nostalgic about. <laughs> so yeah. it's not going to connect to me in that way. Yeah, it's something that growing up you and I never cared about. So no. whenever it comes back around, you're like, uh, that's back, huh? Yeah, and I felt the same way growing up. Even as a kid in the 80s, when this stuff was coming out, and my friends are like, oh, did you see Friday the 13th? I'm like, I saw a little bit of it, and it did not interest me at all. What yeah. are you talking about? You know, I felt, and maybe that's part of the frustration and a little bit of the ranting and anger, too, if you're sitting in the theater. You've been, I've been angry ost- about this for 30-something well, years. I felt ostracized because of, like, I can't connect to this thing that a lot of my friends somehow connect to. Oh. And so there's a little bit of, I want to be in on the, but I can't, I have to be honest about it. Like, and, yeah. you know, I want to be authentic about my feelings and I just don't connect to it. So, no, I get that because, like, I hate being scared. Like, you're supposed to, you know, you're supposed <laughs> right. to it's not supposed like to these... be a reaction, a negative reaction. Yeah. It, it's very, there is a sadomasochism to it, right? Like, there yeah. is some sort of, Want you know wanting to feel pain to to watching horror movies that I that I yeah. just don't I don't want to have with. nightmares later right know? not that this movie is nightmare inducing here's another thing movie's not scary yeah and to us no I do you think, think it, you don't think it's even scary to horror fans it shouldn't be <laughs> I feel the same way but I don't know like okay like there are horror movies and I hate horror movies but I hate horror movies that actually scare me. Yeah. This one doesn't scare me. It's not scary. It's... <laughs> well, I think it's supposed to be scary. It's definitely trying to do that. I just... I, You know what it reminds me? It reminds me how thankful I am that we have people who work in the area of suspense and even into horror a little bit that are intelligent enough to bring that in a new way, you know? And, and that's why I'm excited about the Best Ever Challenge, too, about, you know, yeah. talking about best horror movies for, for non-horror people, because... 
you know, it allows me to understand that avenue of our human experience. Fear is a part of human experience, right? But it allows me to connect to it in a in more interesting and deeper way. And so this movie, this movie is just a callback to movies that didn't care about doing that. They just wanted to frighten you, to gross you out, to, you know, show you things you never thought you'd see on a screen. I think so, there's a difference between fear movies and horror movies. I, I agree. Yeah. yeah. And suspense. And all. I, I don't like getting caught up on genre labeling necessarily, but, but I'm, yeah. I'm just saying that there's others that do it better and i don't think horror movies do it right yeah yeah totally anything else before we move on you got one last thing i'm done yeah um i and and i would love to have conversations about this i'm fine with it i don't know that we'll be able to come to an agreement if you're a horror fan and and i'm not but i'm certainly willing to try to understand where you're coming from i just i cannot see this as a good movie people i know who love horror movies uh, they're like, oh, I've seen the new Halloween movie three times. I and, don't get that at all. I yeah. can't imagine try, I, wanting to sit through this again. Yeah, our friend Sean from Geek Point yeah, I think yeah, he's yeah. seen it twice and he's oh, going to see man. it a third time. Maybe Sean can help me out. Maybe I have a conversation with him and just figure out what it, like, yeah. what is that? The, the find that is, I don't know. It's It's so weird when you have those things where you just cannot figure out what people are are yeah. connecting to you know i think you're supposed to think with the halloween halloween movies in particular is the fact that it's quote-unquote plausible that an emotionless heartless psychopath breaks out of prison no. and, as as opposed to like jason Voorhees or freddy krueger it's more based okay, in reality sure, it's more than that but i think that's why people you know connect to this this uh this one in general this one in specifically i mean yeah, yeah. it could be Definitely could be. I'm shooting in the dark here. I'm just trying to find answers, man. <laughs> shooting in the dark was uh, uh, the subtitle for this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Originally. Uh, all right. Let's move on to the best ever challenge. We're going to do best ever horror for non-horror people. We'll count down number three to number one. Do some honorable mentions uh, as well. I can go first this time. Do. Um, I'm going to go with a movie called The Host. Did you ever check out The Host? That's a Korean movie, yeah. right? Yeah. It's really good. It's so good. Uh, this is a creature feature, you know, that has to do with this parasite host thing mm-hmm. and how it interacts with the culture. And, um, man, this one caught me completely by surprise the first time I watched it. Uh, a friend had said, you need to see this. I was like, oh, all right. And I put it in. And, man, I'm glad I did because it, it under it, for me, what I connect to about this one is the suspense and the world building. Right. Yeah. Those two things in this one are very connective to me. It's not any of the gross out. It's not the fear necessarily, but it's an understanding of, oh, what an interesting creature and what an interesting world and what an interesting way that they battle uh, around it. So wanted to give a shout out to the host as my number three. Good call. What do you got for your number three? Get out. Are you going to trump me? I am going to trump you on that. Okay. That is that is definitely a trump. Okay. Uh, my number two is Cabin in the Woods. Ditto. Both had that at number two? Yep. Um, wow. There's only one movie I could think of that could possibly trump Cabin in the Woods because it's one of the most unique horror movies out there. Yeah. The fact that it's funny. It's... Meta. Meta. Yeah. Very meta. And the fact that... It, the meta and element it of it... It doesn't sell short its, its, its universe either. It's not like it's meta to the point where... The foundation is destroyed. No. It's meta in a way that actually makes sense in the universe it's telling us exists. Yeah. And it's, I don't know what else to say other than the fact that it's amazing. Thank you, Jaws Whedon. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Andrew Goddard. Andrew Goddard, yeah. yeah. Who, um, who just did, uh, what did he, What was it? Bad uh, Times bl- at the bad, El Royale. Yeah, that guy, he knows, he knows things. Both uh, of those guys know things. Yeah, Cabin in the Woods is clever, interesting, funny, and turns stuff on its head the best I've seen um, probably since Scream. Yeah. Uh, be able to do that. So shout out to a possible future uh, honorable mention. Yep. Um, so yeah, Cabin in the Woods I think is an easy number two for me. I guess that means we're at number one, yeah. which we'll talk about Get Out since that's my number one. Okay. Um, Get Out is phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, I, saw, I saw it again recently, which by the way, I've, I keep meaning to, to mention this when... I talk about Sorry. this kind of stuff, but um, I am not a movie rewatcher for the most part, mm. and I know a lot of people are. Me, some people, some people are as a matter of habit, like they'll purposely put in a movie they love and rewatch it. 
it's very rare for me anymore because I have so much other stuff I'm trying to to get done and get through. Yeah. Um, other people still live in the world where they're watching stuff because it's showing on TV, which that blows me. Like, I, I can't relate to that anymore because everything is digital for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so like, they'll see something is on HBO and they'll, they'll watch the rest of it. And I don't really do that. But I did watch Get Out because my wife decided she wanted to watch it. And this is why I put it number one for non-horror fans. My wife is even less of a horror fan than I am. She's like, don't even get that stuff near me. But she connected to the message of it and the, the, the cleverness of you know the racial metaphor that's going on there in a way that allowed her to see that movie for how special it is. Um, I think... It is it is more brilliant every time I've seen it, and I've only seen it three times now. That was the third time I've seen it, but um, but each time I'm more blown away by how how subtly he lays in the clues and how all of those clues relate to both the story we're being told as well as the metaphor. It's mm-hmm. it's just absolute genius stuff. So I'm I'm always impressed by it. No, yeah, I, it's one of those movies. Every single time you watch it, you appreciate it more and more. For what yeah, it's that's doing. been my experience for sure. Yeah, what my, do you got at number one? Shaun of the Dead. That's a good choice. I didn't even think of that as a horror film, but sure, yeah, absolutely. The first half of that movie is a comedy, but the second half of that movie is definitely a horror film. Yeah, it gets dark, and it's. But what's so amazing about it is that transition in between is so subtle that you actually don't even notice it. That it's happening, like it's getting less and less funny, mm. and it's getting more and more, you know, serious. And you're like, oh wow, okay. It, and then you know the the part with the mom and everything. You're like, oh wow, okay. So this just happened, and I didn't even notice it was happening. Yeah, one of my favorite movies of all time, easily my favorite horror movie. No, Shaun of the Dead is great. It is yeah. great, and it is a good. Um, a non-horror person, horror type movie. Um, I think a, a lot of people can connect to that mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, let's talk about some honorable mentions. Okay. I already ahead. mentioned Scream, so we can mark that off the list. Um, right. I, I definitely think that's one because of its meta-ness mm-hmm. uh, that is easier for non-horror people to connect to. What else you got? Uh, Let the Right One In. It's a Swedish movie. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it. I haven't one. actually. I haven't seen that one. Um, basic synopsis is this little kid in Sweden, or it might be... It's Scandinavia, somewhere in Scandinavia. I'm pretty sure it's Sweden. Anyway, always cold, you know, sun never comes out, really high up north. Anywho, uh, (laughs) he uh, is always getting picked on, he's always being bullied, and he lives in like this big uh, apartment complex, and all of a sudden this little girl and this old man move into the same building. Uh, He finds out she's a vampire, and she's about like the same age as him, and uh, it's just him, you know, befriending this vampire girl. And it's a really unique way of telling a story. The cinematography is really weird. It sounds cool. It's really, really good. Sweden is known for making some really good movies that have a dark twist on them, like Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. I wouldn't yeah. consider that a horror movie, really. Even though, no, oh. I mean, you could. You could. I mean, it's like a you know, there's a revenge tale aspect to it, and a lot of times that falls in the horror genre, the revenge movie. But man, I just I, thought of another movie that would have made my top three. I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't classify it that way. Oh yeah, yeah, what would it be? Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, and somebody in the chat mentioned that too. Oh, I did just they? didn't. I didn't consider it a horror movie. I, I just. I, it's hard for me to put Silence of uh, the Lambs in horror. It's more yeah. of a crime movie to me. Yeah. I, I mean, I it's get... It's horrifying. It is horrifying, <laughs> yeah. but I just, I don't know. And again, I'm not the genre police, and I actually get annoyed when people play genre police, and they're like, <laughs> that's not a horror movie. Yeah, it that's is to me. That's not a horror movie. That's suspense. Well, that's kind of a... Like, that kind of stuff annoys me a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, that one for me didn't necessarily feel mm-hmm. like it felt in the category completely. Yeah. Um. All right. I'll throw out The Visit. M. Knight's, uh, you know, kind of the first movie he had made since The Abomination That Shall Not Be Named uh, that I was like, oh, maybe M. Knight is coming back. Like, maybe he's refiguring out, you know, how he wants to tell stories and make movies. Because I think there's a lot of really interesting stuff there. In Never the saw The Visit. I always wanted to, though. You didn't? I thought you were there when I watched it. I thought we saw that together. We saw Split together. I know that, but I thought we saw The Visit together, too. We did not. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, you but, only thought I was there. <laughs> oh no! Who was that? You're like the really, really bad version of Haley Joel Osment. I see Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> 
I see Norse people with amazing beards. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm trying to think of other ones that I wanted to add to this. That I've got a list here if you just want me to run through some. But Okay, yeah, go ahead. Um, and again, I'm not the genre police. So see, I, that's I why I keep... I. Maybe I just have that mindset of well, maybe they don't think that that's. I need well, me, to get. I need to get out of that headspace. Let me talk about ones that could fall outside the genre that I went ahead and included anyway. Jaws. Yeah, that's that's one of them. Yeah. Um, that's definitely a horror movie. It's the scariest movie of all time. Snowpiercer. Is Snowpiercer a horror movie? No. Okay. Um, Paranorman. See, yeah, stuff like that. It's not technically a horror. Well, it is a horror movie, but it's, I think it. But it's for families. It's like a family horror movie. Yeah. Then I would put like Ernest Scared Stupid on that list. Sure, why not? Yeah. Or uh, what was the the house one? The animated house one, um, like oh, Monster uh, House. Clock in the Walls or something. No, 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 Monster House. I think it was called. I don't think I saw that one. Um, I thought that was really good too. So yeah, in that category, uh, I think Paranorman is one that um, that I would recommend. Yeah. Um, let's see if there are any others. Black Swan. Yeah. It's kind of a horror movie, right? For that matter, Mother is too. Mother! <laughs> I'm sorry, I said it wrong. Yeah. Mother! Um, the Alien franchise. Yes, especially that's one, one and yeah, two. Yeah. yeah. One more so than two. Two is more of aliens, I should say, because there's going to be somebody that gets mad at me for saying Alien <laughs> 2. Uh, aliens is more, you know, the action, you know, shoot 'em up movie where Correct. As, as but opposed Alien to, is straight up horror. It's a straight up horror movie, but yeah. it's good. And this, the question is, horror movies that non-horror movies can like. And I yeah. think that there's enough in the original Alien. You know what I'm kind of discovering is a common theme with a lot of these is the world building. I think yeah. if, if it's an interesting concept, enough of an interesting concept and a fully realized world, then a non-horror fan can kind of buy into that and, and buy into the story and buy into the, the you know, uh, wanting to know more about what this alien creature, what is a xenomorph? Where did it come from? How is it, you know, doing things? Why does it have another head within its mouth? <laughs> you know, like that kind of stuff, that, you know, can be interesting uh, yeah. in many ways. Um, Nightcrawler was another one. Nightcrawler's so good. Right? It's so good. And it's kind of a horror movie. A little I mean, he's, bit. I, I, think, I think you could put Nightcrawler in firmly in a horror cat, genre category. I guess I just never thought of it that way. I hate being the, it's more suspense, you know, <laughs> because I was just so immersed in this guy's story. He's fascinating. He's and dark, fascinating in a terrifying sense. Like right. I haven't seen a character like this right in a very long time, if at yeah. all. Yeah. You know this. Jake Gyllenhaal's so good in that movie. Oh yeah, that's his best performance, I think. He's had a lot of great performances, so I'd, yeah. I'd really have to consider what you just said, but it's definitely one of his best. Either that or Prisoners for me, but probably Nightcrawler is his best performance. I'd uh, say. I think I have to mention Psycho. I think non-horror fans can get into Psycho. Um, okay. What do you think about classic horror movies? You know, they're not. I'm trying to understand, like, the question is the question like you don't like for non-horror fans. Like us who just don't like being scared, horror fans who uh, don't like the genre, or horror fans who don't like gore fests. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, no, there's different reasons people don't like horror movies, for sure. I think the main two are both reasons I don't connect to, being scared yeah. and gore. Like, those are two things I don't necessarily connect to. So I think that classic horror films, like the Hitchcock films and stuff, mm -hmm. they were more accessible because there had to be an actual story there because you couldn't really do well, the terrifying stuff i think if we're going to get into it what differentiates psycho from the other hitchcock movies but he, psycho is the only horror movie that hitchcock made except maybe birds frenzy um would fall in that category well, birds is a horror movie no i think you're right no i no i absolutely think you're right yeah yeah you're 100 right so i take that back <laughs> um but i think what differentiates is the idea of the um the violence in it. And I don't mean the gruesome goriness. I just mean the the element of murder, violence in the way that they're be like, you know, the yeah. idea of, of Norman Bates is a psycho serial killer. That's horror. The idea of, you know, birds pecking people to death, you know, that's that's a horror yeah. movie. Um Frenzy also deals with a serial killer. It's Hiscock's last movie in the seventies. Um, not that I'm recommending it. I'm just saying, you know, those were You're really... You're giving an example. Yeah, I'm giving an example of other Hitchcock movies. Yeah. But, um, 
But yeah, but the other hit, like North by Northwest, that's not a horror movie. That's Rear, a suspense or, movie. Yeah, Rear, Rear Window. Window's not a horror movie. That's a suspense movie, you know, yeah. in, in my opinion. So. No, you're right. So, yeah. I'm trying to decide. I don't think this one even qualifies because I don't think there's anything actually scary about it. And it's not really a horror movie. But what we do in the shadows just popped into my head. I think that's just straight up comedy. I think that's a mockumentary. I don't know that I've seen it. So It's the, the vampire movie yeah i don't know the, with the new zealand crew you haven't I, seen it's taika watiti's movie he did before thor ragnarok no i have not okay i, I thought that was the hunt for the wilder people oh that's right he did do hunt for the wilder people but he did uh what we do in the shadows before that no then. i haven't no i haven't seen that so funny it's about a bunch of it's like a mockumentary of a bunch of vampires who live in the same house together they're all roommates but they're all different versions of the vampire mm-hmm. we see in like there's the Nosferatu and then there's like the uh interview with the vampire and then there's like the I, I don't want to say twilight but you know like the operat glittery you know and it's just funny because they're trying to do like it's like a like the office you know like what it's like being a vampire that is stuck in New Zealand you know mm. <laughs> it's just really funny it sounds hilarious oh yeah I should check that out it's Flight of the Concords, guys. It's just great. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. No, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, I also mentioned It Follows, um, and I connected to that. Um, Which one? It Follows, based on the metaphor of what's going on there. Um, so, yeah, I I don't know if non-horror fans in general would like it, but it was definitely one this non-horror fan connected to. See, that's the thing. Like, I don't know if I can recommend The Babadook. That's a straight-up horror movie, and it's terrifying. Yeah. But it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good. I think you like it follows more than uh I, think I right. like the Babadook. Well, and we're not all, we're not just talking yeah, I think the Babadook is an example of horror movies that are so well made that a non horror fan can respect them even if they didn't like watching them. Mm-hmm. Um I think other examples of that would be the conjuring. Or the Vivitch. Yeah, I didn't that's such a horrible movie. I don't think it's a horrible movie. I do. I it's yeah, a very, I, it's not a good example for me at least because I did not enjoy that I movie at all. I think the Vivitch is more of an acquired taste it could than be. anything. I had the exact same feelings uh, during the Vivitch as I did during Halloween 2018. It's just like no. I just oh I did. I just sat there going, "What is the point of this nonsense?" <laughs> no, I was I I I can understand why people don't like the Vivitch, but <laughs> it I doesn't th- have that many V's. <laughs> the Vivitch has that. Yeah, it works. Um. I can understand why people don't like it because it's so acquired and the dialect and, you know, just the way that they speak is so difficult to follow. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's suspenseful and eerie enough. The camera work in that movie is phenomenal. And I think the performances I, I'd are good. I'd give you that. No, I'd give you the camera work is really interesting and the performances are good. And I was curious I just, as I wanted to know how the movie was going to end with the i i wanted to know how it was going to end too and then i was so disappointed i think you just i think you wanted it to end more than you were curious (laughs) it's possible that's what i was like in halloween um the the uh what is it the sacred deer movie that came out last year killing of a sacred deer killing of a sacred deer um there's just these movies that i start getting angry when i'm watching because i just don't get it i don't man i don't understand snowman definitely the snowman or was it Iceman? Or, no, no, it was Snowman. snowman. Yeah. No, it was definitely Snowman. Um, so, I, and it, again, not holding <laughs> against anybody who does get it, but I just, I don't know. It gets frustrating to me. Yeah. Um, and then I would mention uh, Pitch Black, I think is worth mentioning. Would you, I, I never thought of that as a horror movie, really. I've always oh, just considered right? Yeah, I could see it now, but from in my mind, it's always just been sci-fi. Sci-fi, yeah. yeah. But you're right. It's creepy. Yeah. But it's really good. Yeah. It's really good. <laughs> so uh, shout out to Evil Dead 2, which I didn't like as, oh, as much as some people. I, but I was about to mention like Evil Dead, yeah, Army, Army of Darkness, Darkness, those kind of those things. Just, so fun. Just because of the humor and the fun in them is, yeah. is probably, even though I don't enjoy them as much as most. Uh, um, I love them. I think that's definitely worth mentioning. So yeah. there you go. There's some choices. Let us know what we forgot. Feel free to hit us up um, at feedback at sifpop.com with your choices for good horror movies for non-horror movie people. Real quick, uh, somebody, uh, Dumb as an Ox, mentioned The Thing. I think The Thing, besides Jaws, might be the scariest movie ever made. Really? It's, yeah. I really do. John Carpenter's The Thing. It's either one of the... It's one well, of those he says two. The Thing 2011. That's not... 
Is that oh, John Carpenter's no, no, the thing? No, no. John Carpenter's was the one with Russell yeah. Crowe and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one is the most, either that or Jaws. One of those most terrifying movie ever made. I'm trying to think of the scariest movie I've ever seen. It might be The Conjuring. Really? I, I I was genuinely scared during The Conjuring. And I don't know what it was. Maybe I was just in a mood or, or something. I, I will tell you, as you know from the rest of this, I didn't enjoy that. That's not why I like The Conjuring. I actually think it's a brilliantly made film mm-hmm. uh, that sets its story enough in the real world. That's the Naomi Watts one, right? The original Conjuring? No, I don't what think... What am I he, thinking of? The, Give me a second. The original Con- Conjuring was Vera Farmiga and... Um, oh, what's the guy's name? Just slipped my oh, brain. Oh, yeah. I know what one you're talking about. I'm thinking... What am I thinking of? Naomi Watts's... Patrick Wilson, Vera Farmiga. Yeah. So um, I think that may be the most I've ever actually been scared. And it may have also had to do that uh, I watched it in an empty theater. It was just me. So <laughs> yeah. it could have had something to do with it. Uh, that might be it. Um, and ever since then, I've always sat in the back row. Ever since and, then? Really? <laughs> I just don't want anybody behind me. Wow. This freaks me out. No, that's not actually not true. Uh, before we head on to the rest of the show, thank you so much for your support. You can support at patreon.com slash studio DNA or soon at patreon.com slash Um In fact, I would encourage you uh, to uh, support at patreon.com uh, slash uh, your movie friend, which will be coming slash Sif Pop here very soon. So just kind of changing some things around. That way you'll get all the podcast episodes, everything Sif Pop Extra. You can become a fan of what goes on here. And thank you so much for making it happen. Starts at three bucks a month and uh, comes with some fun perks. So uh, because of you, we're able to do cool podcasts like this and we do appreciate it. Uh, before we uh, get to the end of this thing, we need to do some some Sift Questing. Yeah. You ready to do some Sift Questing? Let's make it happen, Captain. Uh, this comes to us from John on Twitter. Says it's inspired by our recent question about subjectivity. Says I've always been pro-choice when it comes to the issue of abortion. Not that I would ever make someone get one, but to not take away that option. Arrival is prominently a movie about the importance of communication, but the film brought up questions about the value of human life and opened my eyes to the other side of the argument. So my question is, what is one film that changed your mindset on a topic other than the one it was initially focusing on? Thanks for the easy question. (laughs) Kidding me? We love this stuff. When I read that, I just felt like my entire day, I was like, this is what I'm going to be spending the rest of my day on, just trying to figure this out. This I is... love the questions our fans send. I think they're fun. Don't get me wrong. It's an amazing question. It's just like, I got exhausted. Well, like, and... Oh, man. It's this... an amazing example, too, because he's not the first one I've heard talk about arrival in the issue of uh, human life and abortion and, and kind of thinking about it in that way, because it is a movie that, because of its twist, and I, I'm not too worried about spoiling arrival. It has been a, a while since that movie's been out. Yeah. Um, but it is an amazing twist that I'd rather not spoil for you if you haven't seen it. But because of that twist, uh, there's an interesting question about, you know, ending a life or mm-hmm. not starting a life or how do you make that choice? And so I can kind of see, you know, where he's getting at with that. Um, but it is, a, it is a fascinating thing to think about a movie that actually changed your perspective on an issue. Can you think that it of wasn't, one? Yeah, I did. Um, I'm going to go with The Green Mile. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, uh, what? Capital punishment. Capital punishment. Same issue. I'm going with different movie, but continue. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was all uh, when I, whenever I before I saw that movie, I was always about. I think capital punishment was okay, but now it did change my mind on yeah, it. Yeah, Dead Man I, Walking is the movie I went with. Mm. Um, it just it humanized, uh, you know, death row yeah. inmate in a way that I wasn't ready for and probably needed. Um, I honestly think, you know, it also made me question, you know, speaking of the abortion issue, it made me question my own value of life. Like, where, you know, when when do I think anyone, any other human has the right to extinguish any other human's life, you know? Um, and what do those circumstances look like? And uh, I just, yeah, since then I've struggled with capital punishment in a much deeper and different way. Uh, and it changed my perspective on you know just the idea because i think what we do as humans when we come to the place where we say oh that person doesn't deserve to live yeah is we we have to dehumanize them because the second we humanize somebody uh it becomes very difficult to take a life because then it, be, it could be us yeah 
So, so yeah. So Dead Man Walking was that for me. Yeah, and it was Green Mile for me. Um, great question, John. I appreciate yeah. it. I would love to hear other examples of this. Uh, I know there are other uh, minor ones that we could talk about, but I feel like he used such a major one that I wanted to, you know, kind of go as major as I could with. Yeah. With mine as well. You know, there's certainly movies that change my, you know, perspective on, you know, uh, things we would can, consider smaller things. Um, but, but yeah, I thought this was one worth talking about. So appreciate that, John. If you've got a question to send us on uh, Sift Quest, make sure and hit us up. Feedback at siftpop.com. And uh, this is one I'd love to hear your, uh, your stories on as well. So uh, you can do that at uh, feedback at siftpop.com or just hit us up on Twitter at yep. Aaron Dicer and at, Flip Fre- at Flick Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, got some buried treasure? I do. All right. Why don't you hit us up? Uh, I'm going to go with season three of Daredevil. Is it good? V- it might be my favorite season of Daredevil. Oh. Yeah. It's so crazy good. Um, I was shocked how much I loved this newest season because it was, it's one that um, you have to have seen The Defenders to understand like where it picks up in the story. Well, know? that's good information. I have seen The Defender, so um, yeah. but that's good information to know. Um, if not, if you haven't seen it and you don't want to watch The Defenders, just remember at the very end of Defenders, him and Elektra are underneath a building that's, you know, being destroyed. Yes. So it picks up literally as the building is, you know, collapsing on top of them. Okay. That's where the movie picks up. Um, but then where it goes from there. You is, said movie. Did I? Yeah, yeah, I love that. Where, where the we show. do that all the time, yeah. and it's almost always a representation of how good we feel about something. Mm-hmm. We call it a movie when it's a TV show because it's it's so cinematic, or we love it, or well, whatever. Yeah, because we grew up in an era before TV was as iconic and prominent. You see, like actors and directors from back whenever we were younger, like, oh yeah, I'm only a movie actor. Right, I don't, yeah, don't yeah, want to yeah. sully myself with being on TV. But then now TV has got to this point where some shows are rivaling, you know, the the immaculateness of some movies. Mm. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, this picks up right after uh, the building falls on him and he's so injured, like he loses his hearing and he can't smell anymore. So all wow. of, he's down several senses. So now like all of his senses that were so powerful. So he just goes around him. licking everything to exactly. see what's going on. <laughs> yeah. But it's like how like that event changed him and like his moral compass is now in jeopardy and stuff like that. Oh, interesting. And, uh, the main villain is once again, Kingpin and oh gosh, he's this so, is D'Onofrio playing Kingpin, Vincent right? D'Onofrio, yeah. and he's so good. He, he was. I wish there was more of him when he was in there before, and and I'm glad to hear he's back. So. Oh, he's back, and he is back in a very fascinating way. Cool. He might be the main character in this newest season. It may not be Daredevil. It may be uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. Ooh, yeah, interesting. Uh, I will definitely get around to it. Um, yeah, it just hasn't. Hasn't I don't been time yet. Honestly, I don't know if it's better than season one of Jessica Jones. But if not, then it's the next best season. Man, season one of Jessica Jones is so good. Yeah. <laughs> so great. Uh, Jake in the chat says he didn't watch Defenders, but still loves season three of Daredevil. So yeah. uh, you probably, you, I guess you can enjoy it even without having seen Defenders, but it's good for context. Yeah. To be able to know kind of what's going on there at the beginning. Yeah. You might just be wondering like, wait, why is a building falling on? Oh, <laughs> this seems like Murdoch! it's out of nowhere. Murdoch, no. <laughs> Uh, my buried treasure is a movie I've heard a lot of people talk about it, but I hadn't quite seen it yet. It's a year for good documentaries, and this is another one. Three identical strangers. I uh, wanted to see that so bad. Finally got around to see. I'm starting to get um, you know my screeners come in for a lot of this stuff. And our documentary awards are actually before our other awards, uh-huh. and so we recently released our uh, documentary nominations, and I'll be voting on best documentary here pretty soon. So I wanted to make sure that I'm seeing, you know, a lot of these that are nominated for different things and uh, put it in three identical strangers, knew it was going to be good because I'd heard so much good stuff about it. And I can completely confirm from my perspective, it is an incredible story. Um, Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And the places it goes is fascinating to think about and to understand. It brings up some questions. It would be spoilerish of me to explain the questions actually. So I'm not going to do that, but it brings up some ethical questions about certain things that are fascinating to I me. I think adoption is like the, the 
the most basic you could say. Sure. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you haven't seen it, right? No, I know the story. Okay. I remember reading about the story a long time ago. Um, so I know like, obviously not as much as what the documentary I'm assuming is going to reveal. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, I'm yeah, this, so excited. This to see. and Won't You Be My Neighbor and um, I, I haven't watched uh, Free Solo, but I hear, hear good things about Free Solo as well. Uh, there's just a lot of docs this year that, that look to be really, really good, and this is definitely one of them. So, would you put it above? Won't you be my neighbor? No, I would not. Okay, yeah. But I, but man, that movie, that that movie just hit me on such a deep level. Yeah, um, yeah, I. It's such. Won't you be my neighbor? I don't see anything in the documentary world this year beating it. There was also here. Here's some of the others in case you're wondering that I'm going to be watching here soon. And I'll probably tweet some just mini reviews of this stuff as I watch it. That's generally what I do during screener season mm-hmm. uh, because I, I can't do a full review on, you know, necessarily everything I see because there's so much I'm going to try to catch up on. Yeah. Um, but I'll be watching Minding the Gap, which I've heard really good things about. It sounds um, familiar. It's on Hulu, I believe. And it's a documentary about skateboarding, I think. Oh, okay. Again, again, I haven't, seen it yet so i don't know um uh, rbg which is the ruth bader ginsburg or rbg um documentary uh, is, is on there as well so i'll be watching that i did actually already see wild wild country which is on the best documentary uh list this is on netflix it's actually four parts it's really long it's kind of like how the oj thing okay. was nominated for best documentary even though it was, <laughs> it was 13 like hours 17 long. hours yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> Um, it's a little similar to that. That one's fascinating. I think I've actually talked about that on uh, a recent episode of Sif Pop. So I'll be catching up on that as well um, and a bunch of other stuff. So nice. So yeah, it'll be it'll be an interesting few days here watching Docs and uh, and then getting into watching the other screeners. There's so much. Yeah. That's coming out. It's it's gonna be fun. <laughs> it's 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 an exciting time. This is always my favorite time of the year. Oh yeah, man. When you just get the flood of content to watch and yeah it's just a blast and because of that i'll go ahead and say this now i probably say it in the, the outro as well but because of that uh be ready for a lot of you know doubles and triples of reviews on sif pop because yeah. there, there's going to be weeks coming up where there's two or three movies that we're going to want to talk about so oh, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll be doing a lot of reviews um over the next few weeks uh up through the end of the year so just be ready for that to happen yeah because i think like there's a week coming up where it's like Oh yeah, we got to see that one obviously that week, and then you scroll over to the next movie. Like, oh wait, that's coming out on the exact same day. Like, I'm trying to. Okay, yeah, here it was. It was Creed two. Yeah, that's the week that's crazy. Wreck It Ralph two or Ralph Breaks the Internet. Yeah, Green Book. Yeah, and the Front Runner. You're like, yeah. all of those movies come out on the same day. Well, we'll probably do a triple that week. Yeah. Um, so thank, thank you for that. I hope you enjoy. Oh, I hope and, that's what you want. You know, and Robin this, Hood comes out because we, yeah. Wow. It's it's pretty incredible stuff. Um, so we did it, man. Yeah. We we did a podcast about a horror movie, even though we're not horror fans. Yeah, I bet that was exciting. We to chased listen it to. down and stabbed it to death. <laughs> yep. <laughs> thank Wait, you so. Oh, go ahead. No, no, I was just gonna chuckle. <laughs> go ahead, chuckle. <laughs> Nicely done. Thanks. Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Bob. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network by following them at Spreaker, either in the Spreaker app or at Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out again today. Anything special you want to let people know about? Uh, I got a Snapchat. I'm figuring Ooh. out how to use it. I don't know if I like Chat it or not. Snap. Yeah. Uh, I'm probably just going to stick with uh, Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> Snapchat is its interesting because a lot of the other socials are taking the coolest features from Snapchat mm. into environments where it's more easy to understand because Snapchat is so not user-friendly. Like, you you have to have, like, an instruction booklet to figure out how it works that's compared to I'm, everything that's else. That's what I'm learning. So, it's just person i'm seeing really only communicates via snapchat really <laughs> yeah. people love snapchat it's like all they use and, and so i'm like okay i guess i gotta learn how to use this so. yeah so well there you go yeah follow follow flick freaks on instagram if, if you really want please to scoop, so yeah instagram and twitter uh and for me you can follow aaron dicer on both instagram and twitter you can also check me on youtube at your movie friend although that will soon be at sif pop 
Um, so uh, check that out. New reviews there every week. Also, thanks to the Patreon supporters for giving monthly to make this show possible. Support starts at three bucks a month. Comes with some pretty fun perks. Uh, lots of ways to connect with the podcast. You can make a comment at whatever podcast player you're listening on, or you can email us feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like it, too, so make sure you let them know about the podcast and that listening is much easier than killing Michael Myers or the Halloween franchise in general. (laughs) Spoiler chat should be next up in your podcast feed, uh, and we will be back with a swift sift next week on uh, fall TV and what TV we're excited about, uh, because I'll be out of town. And then the week following that, we'll probably catch up with a double review of Bohemian Rhapsody and something else, because I'm sure there's plenty coming out. But we will see you there. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.